It's Sunday. It's eight o'clock, which means it's time for the Sun Jam Session podcast. Uh, unless you're listening to this at a later time or watching this at a later time, then it's whatever time and whatever day that you're watching this. So, <laughs> welcome to the Sun's Jam Session podcast. My name is John, and as always, I am joined by my podcasting partner, <laughs> one Matthew, Mister Matthew Lissy. Matthew Lissy, how are you doing? I'm doing really good. How are you doing, John Voida? I'm good. I'm doing good. all right. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Man. You know, last you day. <laughs> feel great. Last day of July, the 31st of July, uh, truly in the dog days of summer. Not yeah. a lot going on. But you know what? That doesn't stop the Suns Jam session from showing up every Sunday in the offseason at 8 p.m. live on our YouTube channel, on Facebook, and on Twitter for the for those of you who want to sit down, relax, and talk about some Phoenix Suns basketball and other goings-ons. So welcome, everybody, to the Suns Jam Session podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're consuming this podcast. Matthew, why don't you tell them how to, how, where, where they can go to do all those kind of things? Oh, you can go to at Suns Jam on Twitter. And uh, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. Uh, outside follow of that, us, like... follow us, yeah, follow us on Suns Jam and Twitter. Subscribe on YouTube and go ahead and hit the like button. And I'll tell you this: if you go onto Apple Podcasts and you leave us a five star review, we'll read it right here on the podcast. And we actually have one, Matthew. We have a five star review. One. Yes, oh a my new God, one. Thank you. It's on Apple Podcasts, five star review from I am Hayden Wells. And, and uh, the title is Absolutely Fantastic Podcast. And Hayden said, I've been listening since the bubble and have been a Suns fan my whole life. Great to see the rise of this franchise and this podcast at the same time. You guys always entertain and even make miserable moments of the Suns great. Soon enough, <laughs> we will have a jam session after a championship. Amen to that, Hayden Wells. So thank you for that five-star review. And a reminder, please go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review. If you go to Google, you can just leave us a uh, five stars you don't have to write a review but again if you say anything on apple Podcasts, we will read it right here on the pod and i have nothing funny to say i was yeah. gonna say like <laughs> chicken little spaghetti noodle <laughs> cheese fart i don't know you write that hey, that in was fun <laughs> that was pretty funny man we'll, we'll bring it's, it's, it on it's not that hard to make me laugh so <laughs> well a couple gummies in you never know uh we are brought to you by no gummy uh organizations either so if you want to be a sponsor contact our people our people are will contact your people and uh andrew jangs in the chat says i use android look go on to apple.com and find a way champions adjust there's there's always a way there's always there's always someone with an actual iphone next to you and you can just let them know hey go on and write this for me and then we'll read it on the pod yeah you know somebody with an iphone just have them do it just have (laughs) exactly yes uh even though it's July 31st, a lot to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. We'll be talking about some of the free agents that are still out there, uh, even if the Phoenix Suns are holding on and, and praying that they can get Kevin Durant. You still have to fill out that 15th spot on the roster, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Talk about some Suns news when it comes to Cam Johnson and some 2K. Uh, go around the NBA a little bit, and then... We'll button everything up with the Arizona Sports Mount Rushmore Phoenix Suns debate. A good friend of mine posed a question over the weekend. I thought it'd be a good topic of discussion right here on the podcast. So uh, until then, Matthew, why don't you pop open? What do you got? An ice cold iced tea or something? Oh, you know what I got is a water. Oh, right me here. too. Filled up. Same kind of cup, right? But I got no, Baines. You there. have Aaron Baines. I just have the I Suns got Aaron logo. Baines and I got yeah. DeAndre. Yeah, I went and I had a couple of beers last night, so. 
I can't drink anything for the next <laughs> four days. Lot, it's tonight, it's the yeah. laws of being in your 30s. So it is. <laughs> Cheers, Suns fans. Let's talk about this amazing franchise. start as as we begin this podcast obviously is to discuss uh the, the passing of bill russell you know here we are 731 22 uh, at the age of 88 the nba and the sports world and humanity lost an amazing individual in bill russell and it's interesting in these in these times of loss a lot of people like to focus on that loss and the pain that that incurs and you know, I like to think about what we've gained and what we've gained in Bill Russell is not only somebody who is the greatest player in team sports history with 11 championships with the Boston Celtics, but also somebody who redefined the sport, somebody who was a civil justice champion, somebody who stood up for what he believed in. Uh, and, you know, to the point where he turned his back on the city of Boston for a prolonged period of time because he felt that what that that city stood for was not necessarily what he stood for. He believed in his coaches. He believed in his teammates. He didn't necessarily believe in the city in which he brought all those championships to. Uh, he's somebody who, in the, the great sport of basketball, he's truly an icon. You know, we could sit there. We could talk about where he is on all-time lists and things of that nature. Uh, but I don't think that today is the, the right time or place to do that. Just know that he is one of the all-time greatest basketball individuals that we've ever seen and it, it sucks when you lose somebody like that today right Matthew yeah he was uh anytime he was around like at a game you know it was an important game right mm -hmm. the right players he would go up and talk to book talk to him a lot of times there's always him and Russell pictures of them talking and you know book and even Kobe Bryant all these players that idolize him would just listen take any kind of information from this guy um but he he was a guy where i didn't really know much about him until like maybe 13 years ago until i read the bill simmons book of basketball mm -hmm. where he has a comparison between him and will of course i'm not going to get into that but i just reading that i was like dude this guy was a winner i mean 11 championships that's all that's what it's all about for him and especially in life so a big full life that he lived right 88 years old so I mean, it's a sad day, but he lived a great life, man. We'll always remember him for the good stuff. Yeah, and I think that, you know, it's it's interesting you say that. I remember back to, I don't remember the All-Star game uh, in Major League Baseball, but when they brought out Ted Williams and it was at Fenway Park and like to see all the way that all the players responded to him because he was a steward of the game, a historian of the game. And Bill Russell, I mean, that's exactly who he was. As you mentioned, it. anytime he was at a game, Everybody took notice and they wanted to just ask him a, a question and, and gain a story from him because what he went through as a player, uh, not only, as you mentioned, you know, the, the way that he won and how he won and how he redefined the sport, but in a sport and in a city that didn't necessarily embrace who he was due to the color of his skin and the, the trials and tribulations that he had to face a man of such character, uh, people gravitated towards that. They wanted to know more about his life, his uh, struggles and how he, truly and utterly was a champion in every sense of the word. So, you know, yes, sad day, uh, but it's, it's a day to celebrate who and what he was. And, you know, the game of basketball isn't what it is right now without Bill Russell. No, and you hear EJ talk about it all the time where these 
young athletes really have to look up to these older players and just really learn the game from them and go back and watch and, you know, listen to stories because it's all built upon these guys. And he was one of them for sure. And you could never learn enough about Bill Russell. There's a million things out there and they're all pretty good. They're all excellent. They they are. They are. So rest easy, Bill. Uh, Sad day. Sad day for for basketball overall. Uh, changing gears, and I don't know how do you change gears out of that, but let's talk a little bit about the bracket of 64. So for those of you who haven't been following along at Suns Jam on Twitter, Matthew has done a stellar job putting together the 64 greatest moments of the 2021-2022 season, a season in which the Phoenix, won, the Phoenix <laughs> Suns won 64 total games. So tell us where yeah, we're at. Yeah. You know, We talked about it a little bit last week. Tell us what moments you rolled out this week. Uh, for again, if you haven't been following along, you know, Matthew's putting it out there on the YouTube channel on, on, uh, our Twitter feed and he's, he's putting, it's a bracket bracketology, right? So you're putting moments against moments. So tell us what moments kind of went uh, against each other this past week, who won and where we stand. Yeah, we'll go through it. Um, do you want me to actually play the video first? So actually let the Jamsters see the video and the ones that won this weekend, we can do that. And then I'll announce to the people that are listening the head-to-head matchups and who won uh, but we're go. halfway through round one halfway through man what's the best down. thing the best thing about this pause we can do like whatever we want whatever we like to do whether or not you want to look back to last season it doesn't matter we like to have fun on the pod and just do what we like and that's the best thing about the pod so let me play the actual um bracket little video that i made so here we go right Fire it up. <laughs> Just all the ifs and you know, if, if was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. My auntie had some maternal legs, she's my uncle. Good morning, Mr. Tyler. <laughs> Going down. Oh right, yeah, listening to that, <laughs> listening to that, it's just like complete chaos. But a lot of it, like when you go back and watch, it's like kind of, it's kind of awesome. I don't know. It's nostalgic. You know, I no, I loved it, man. I didn't want to do it, but they left off with 64. There's the only thing to do with 64 is to make a bracket out of it. So that's what we did. And um, yeah, so to go through the actual matchups for those listening, the CP3 perfect game. Of course, this is a number one seed that's in the Aiton bracket mm-hmm. that defeated the Booker big shot that happened like literally the same game the last moments of the game that he there was a closeout game game six of uh, round one against the pelicans so that won 80 percent um obviously that's probably gonna move on to the finals um the next yeah, that matchup, perfect sorry real quick i mean that no, perfect ahead, game yeah. that that perfect game was uh you know it's one of those things that i think will get lost in what happened this past season is because the you know we didn't accomplish the ultimate goal in the playoffs but what chris paul did in the playoffs and putting together that that unbelievable performance, you know, it's, it's something that we have to remember. We have to remember how great that, that game was. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of them and a lot of them are good. And of course, if we were to win it all, that's the number one moment. So 
we didn't win it. So choose the moment that you know kind of makes up for the shitty end of the season. Uh, so in the CP3 bracket, we had Bismack donates his salary um, to build a hospital in the Congo. That's going to be a hard one to beat. I feel like that's yeah. going to be probably the winner because it's kind of some people actually voted against it. There was they want he won or that one actually won the number two seed uh 94 percent. so there were some of you out there that voted for the beach and you know that was just a number that was a number 16 or number 15 so i had to throw that one out there but yeah a few of you actually voted for the beach over bismack donating his salary so yeah that's a tough one because again it's like that one transcends basketball right like we just did this whole dissertation on bill russell a man who who transcended basketball like Bismack did that by donating his whole salary. So it'll be interesting to see as the bracket progresses, like if the matchup is just right, like what could dethrone that? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's playing on a whole different, like emotional I uh, know. standpoint. So we'll see. That'll be interesting. Yeah. And when creating this Bismack's actually probably the best product out there. I feel like he's, he's everybody loves busy, man. He has a really, he's a lot of good moments from last year. Uh, from the book bracket, the number two seed, uh, Booker versus the Raptor, which is a good one. Once, yep. uh, 80, 83% against uh, JJ and CP3 talking about the rip through on the JJ Reddick podcast. Um, after that one, we had the uh, Aiton gets 21 points, 21 rebounds. It's a number nine seed, won 62% against uh, Mikhail Bridges, uh, steal and dunk in the rounds, round one against the uh, Pelicans. So, why do you think Pretty that impressive. one was so close? Do you think that there's just so much Aiton haters out there that like they can't even get him credit for a 21 and 21 game? I don't know. You know what? When it came down to a lot of these moments, it's just like they're just random things that were actually kind of awesome. Like I just went through, you know, Aiton's high score, high rebounds. Um, you know, Mikhail Bridges coming up had seven steals in a game, so that would be a moment. So it's yeah. just these ones, the number nine and eight seeds are kind of hard to choose from, just like well, that, in, a, in, that, a re, in a regular bracket, like the NCAA. But that'll be interesting because you said there's a moment with Mikhail Bridges with a seven steal game, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, I'll be interested to see how that performs against whatever moment because, you know, this is a topic that we'll definitely delve into more as the season comes is how mm-hmm. Aiton can do no wrong or do no right, whereas Mikhail can do no wrong. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like Mikhail, if if in this bracketology that you've put together, the bracket of 64 on the 64 win season for the Phoenix Suns, if Mikhail Bridges wins that by like 90 to 10, it'll just fortify that aspect. It's like Mikhail Bridges can do no wrong. DeAndre can go out and go for 21 and 21 and still only get like 62% of the vote for that performance. Like that is a dominating. (laughs) Like that should crush almost anything because we finally get what we want from him. And people are like, nah, I just, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's well, everyone loves Mikhail too. So that's what's so awesome about the squad. And we're going to talk about free agents. We'll talk about Bain later on. Like anyone that's in this organization is loved and they're always remembered. DA is the only one that stands out as the (laughs) one guy. That's an exception. I, (laughs) you know, and we're, I've been that guy too. So yeah, I I voted for Aiden on that one though. I I did. I did as well. I did as well. Well, um, the next one up is uh, the book bracket again. Um, Shamit. The dunk. He had yes. this huge dunk against the Pelicans. Came out of nowhere on Jackson Hayes. That actually lost to the pregame ritual, which um, you know, where's my motherfucking dogs? That that yeah. thing, you know, 70%. That one moved on. Um, Booker, of course, giving his jersey to Al McCoy. Yeah, that was 98% legendary. over Whew. the Shamit season that was just talked about <laughs> endlessly. He had two good games this year. That was always a moment on the pod where we just can never get with what Shamit was. Throwing down, right? Last season. Oh, yeah. Well, and again, to go against that moment, was that a number one seed? Uh, yeah. 
Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's – yeah, the, the Shamit season was unbelievably disappointing, and I think you properly put it in the correct seating uh, because it should be crushed. Like, that season should be forgotten, and it should go against an amazing moment like winning the 63rd game and having Devin Booker give his jersey to Al McCoy. So I think that yeah. – good job, Jamsters, by voting that one correct, 98%. <laughs> I'd love to meet the 2% of you who voted against There's that. There's always Maybe a turd like, out there, dude. There's oh, yeah, it was like Landry that... Shamit's mom or something. You know, Maybe. like she, she put his vote in and, <laughs> You know. Or maybe it's just Shamit, man. And you know what? I'm not dogging Sham. I didn't want to put a video of him or like or a sad picture of him because I mean he's gonna be a son next year. So yeah. you know what? Maybe he'll turn him. it around next year, right? This is about last year though. So Al mm-hmm. McCoy bracket sticking in that bracket. Uh Booker 2K cover uh win 65% over Monty ripping the refs after um a game. Uh, I think it was a game four loss to the um, Pelicans where they yeah. just the, the free throw defense well, after the all the fouls. difference was just yeah, yeah, it was crazy. So that was a good moment. We talked about that on the pod. And then after that, the CP3 bracket, you had the uh, if ifs were fists from Booker. We'd all be drunk. Yep, that was 89%. One, winning over exchanging of blocks where Mikhail Bridges blocked Jackson Hayes and the Jackson Hayes blocked Mikhail. Yeah. It's kind of a, it's a half and half, you know, because Jackson Hayes highlighted in it. But it was one of those moments. Like, I'd never seen that before. So that was kind of cool. Uh, but that did lo- that did lose pretty badly. And then well, the last one. Well, were is like such a great line, though. It's such yeah, yeah, a great yeah. line. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that was like when Book was on a roll. Like, he, yes. he had the good games and he was talking to the media a lot. He was being an ass on the court. Like, yeah, it was like was the just... Raptor happened. And then, like, yeah, two, two, two or two days or two weeks later was that whole Anthony Davis, you know, like, well, you know, if I was healthy, we would have won. He's like, yeah, if we're fist, we'd all be drunk. And he's wearing like yeah. the glasses. He looks like a G when he does it. Yeah, he had a good yeah, run man. with the media there. Yeah, and then, um, so last one actually is the Aiden Brackett. Bismack ain't no bitch because um, DeMarcus Cousins tried to throw the ball at him, acted like he was going to, and Bismack yeah. just did just, not flinch at all. Uh-huh. Just went straight up like, what are you doing? And then the Kaminsky game, 31 points before he got hurt. A couple, oh, I think it was yeah. a couple games before he got hurt. But that one did lose 65% um, to the Bismack. God, that Kaminsky no game, man. I was in Palm Desert when that happened. I remember that. I was just like, holy effing shit. Yeah, and one of the GMsters actually pointed out to me, they're like, the Kaminsky game's not on there. I'm like, yeah, thank you. And there were three matchups that were changed because some GMsters reached out like, hey, this isn't yeah. on there. So I swapped out some ones that I thought shouldn't even be on there and put theirs in there. So Perfect. thanks, GMsters. So that's the wrap-up of week two. All right, week two. Well, week three starts, you know, tomorrow morning. We'll be posting it on at Suns Jam on Twitter. So check it out. You can see the moments there. You can see them right here on YouTube as well. And make sure that you vote because, you know, this is this is the tough part because there's so many moments. But it's going to get really, really, really fun once mm-hmm. we start to get down to that, like, Elite Eight. And we have some great yeah, moments. Yeah, exactly. So going to look forward to that. Thank you again for that, Mr. Matthew Lissy. All right. Next up, available free agents. <laughs> so... Uh, wrote a wrote a piece for Bright Side of the Sun today about some of the available free agents that are still out there on the market. And we're kind of at that interesting stage of the season again, uh, in which I mentioned that we're just we're we're in purgatory. Right. We're in that one little about one month period where the news cycle is really slowed down. The Phoenix Suns have done a really good job of staying in said news cycle in the Kevin Durant sweepstakes. But as I've mentioned a couple times on the pod here before, we are handicapped because we are just sitting around kind of waiting on what's going to happen with, happen with Kevin Durant, if anything it actually indeed does happen. It really doesn't sound like the Suns can put forth a package that is satisfactory to the Brooklyn Nets, which is understandable. Uh, this is a 
you know, 12 time all-star and a uh, top 15 of all time NBA player. Like you'd have to trade pretty much the franchise and the gorilla just to get him over here. So uh, that being said, the Phoenix Suns are down one person on their roster right now. Uh, they've got, from a starting standpoint, they've got Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, Jay Crowder, DeAndre Ayton. Same shit they've been running out there for now the third season, which I absolutely love. You know, consistency is is something that is rare in the NBA, and it's actually something that will benefit you as the season progresses. Uh, from a backup standpoint, Cameron Pay. Landry Shamit, Torrey Craig, Cam Johnson, Bismack Biombo. And then the backup to the backup, they've got Damian Lee, Josh Kogi, Dario Sarch, and Jock Landau. So they, they have one less player than the roster provides. You get 15 uh, players on the roster. So looking at it through the lens of no Kevin Durant, right? Because if Kevin Durant comes to Phoenix – about four of those names will probably be moved. We don't know which four. We have an idea which four it would be, but we don't know which four. But right now, as we look to fill out the roster, you know, the, the thing that we have to keep in mind is the fact that the, the Phoenix Suns are currently at $167.2 million in total salaries, which is the sixth highest in the NBA. That puts them into the luxury tax. Uh, and The luxury tax this year is, is $150.3 million. So... Essentially, if they were to sign any new free agents, anybody to, to fill out the roster, if you will, they have to, as a part of the luxury tax, they have to play, pay $3.25 for every dollar over the cap because of the zone they're in. You go over $20 million, it's a different zone. But right now, so let's say if they, they sign somebody for a hundred or $1.75 million, they would end up having to pay $5.69 million towards the cap. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. It does. Yeah. And I read your articles. So I was like, what, what, what? So I had to reread it a few times and I got it down. It makes sense, John. Okay. I was, I hope it makes sense. And it probably, it probably none of it makes sense. Cause there's probably some mid-level exception bullshit out there that I'm missing or something. Yeah. You well, it makes PhD. me cringe. Honestly, it kind of just makes me cringe because of the money they're going to be spending. I'm like, Oh, you know what I mean? Cause I'm, I'm kind of a tight wad a little bit. Hey, it ain't so my money. Like, oh, exactly. Exactly. But I always feel bad for other people. I don't know why. And it's Sarver. Why should I feel bad? So never no. mind. Continue. Yes. You shouldn't feel bad. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you, I, I guess the first question I got for you, Matthew, is, is when you look at yeah. some of the available free agents out there, like where do you feel the greatest need exists for the Phoenix Suns in their roster right now? Well, first, I actually did think about what was uh, said here by 34 out. We need a backup point guard bad. It's just, you know, pain. He's going to be there. So then I, I'm thinking of other things, just like veterans, too. And this is one that was brought up a while ago. Carmelo Anthony, Frank Brown brought that up just now, but I also heard about it before. And I was thinking, I'm like, you know, kind of cool. Kind of cool to have a guy in here that I haven't really – I enjoyed watching him, but I've never been a big fan. Mm -hmm. I feel like if he was here in Phoenix, he already knows his role, right? It's just the backup guy. Not a lot of pressure. I feel like he's kind of going to go towards the next step where in his career where there shouldn't be any pressure on him to score points or do anything to win a game. And that would be a perfect position here in Phoenix for him because he can just be the guy to come in to have fun he'd be on the bench joking around but then when he comes in you know we're gonna always have those cushion leads when kd's here right he can play here with chris paul the banana boat thing of course everyone's throwing i'm out saying there. though i'm saying though imagine no kd okay yeah KD, oh KD no ain't coming <laughs> KD oh well coming. you know what well the banana boat's there anyways with chris <laughs> this paul is and this is true then lebron's always the other option too that was always floated out with the whole kd thing so yeah no kd i'm for sure gonna say like a carmelo anthony would be cool and it's not like 
like I said, it's not like we have to put a lot on his shoulders. He would just be a fun name to be here. And I think he really knows what to do and like when to come in and actually help this team out offensively, can't do a lick defensively, Mm -hmm. but you know, you're going to get those Carmelo Anthony games where he just come in. He'll might get 30 points, maybe one night, something like that. And it'd be nice to have a shooter like that. And also a veteran presence for the wings we do have, you know what I mean? Um, Not that I feel like they need kind of the leadership because I think Chris Paul and Booker are those guys, but it doesn't hurt to have that extra guy like a Carmelo Anthony to be a leader in the locker room. So again, I ask, what position do you feel like we need to fill? Power forward. Power forward. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of people agree with you there, you know, Mm -hmm. because you look at our power forward depth. And again, I'll I'll state it again. It's Jay Crowder to start, Cam Johnson, and then kind of Dario Saric. Like, if he's healthy, you know, we'll see. It's not necessarily a role that uh, he's fulfilled as the power forward. He's been more of kind of like a backup center. Um. So, yeah, you know, I think that there's a couple roles. And and when you say Carmelo Anthony, I think that's a role that needs to be filled. Not necessarily a position role, but a role of somebody who has the ability to come in off the bench and provide an offensive firepower. What the hell is going on around you, man? <laughs> there is a looking? huge mother. There's a huge roach, like, right there. I'm not even joking. I got to, like, log off. Just really, I'm not going to log off. I'm just going to mute, exit my screen, grab a shoe, and swat it. And I'll be right back on. All right, I, perfect. I, I kind of take care of this, dude. Okay, I'm not so even joking. For those of you who are listening, like Matthew's looking around like like a crackhead, uh, and I'll tell you this: he's terrified of bugs. Like everyone in the Lissy family is like terrified of bugs. So I was watching him as I was trying to make a point about Carmelo Anthony, and he was looking around uh, like the monsoon, like his roof is about to fall in or something. Uh, so I'm glad I asked that question. So he's gonna go. Uh, Go kill that roach, apparently. I just see him swatting things in the background. So uh, as Westville says in the chat, he says, get Lissy, get some raid, man. Uh, is the roach oh, gone, Matthew? It. Yeah, it's gone, man. It was like creeping down the side of the wall, like looking <sighs> at me. Like I was like, it wanted it to be on the big. pod. It wasn't even that big, but I just, I didn't want it crawling on me. No, okay. no. Okay. All right, I'm good. All right, Alex Kroll All says, right. get that roach, Lissy, so. Uh, mission, mission, mission accomplished. So, so again, you know, I, I think that Carmelo Anthony, he, f- he fulfills a role. He's somebody who can bring offensive. You mentioned it, like can't pay, play a lick of defense, but it's clear that James Jones is thinking defensively with his reserves when he makes the acquisitions for Damian Lee and Josh Akogi, right? Like Josh Akogi, I wrote a piece earlier this week about him for Brightside, And I pretty much said that he is, uh, Alfred Payton with high energy because he can't shoot a lick, but he's got high energy and that's what, how he stays in the NBA is he's one of those guys who from a fan standpoint, like we will love Josh Kogi because the energy he brings. And every time he shoots, we'll be pissed off because he can't hit shit. He's like a 27% three point shooter for his entire career. So somebody like Carmelo Anthony who is out there, who is a free agent is something that I'm not necessarily opposed to. So what I did for Brightside is I put together uh, like three different tiers. The first one is the go get him tier. And again, this is operating on the premise that uh, where we currently are at, that we do not have Kevin Durant on this team. We need to fill that 15th spot. So the first guy, it's not shocking to hear me say it, but I said Montrez Harrell because uh, I love Montrez Harrell. And I agree with you. I think that power forward is a position that we could use uh, some oomph in. Uh, Trez, you know, he 28 years old, 13.1 points and 6.1 rebounds in his 23.1 minutes off the bench last season for both the Washington Wizards and the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, The big 
issue he's facing right now is he has felony drug charges uh, in the state of Kentucky because he was stopped with three pounds of vacuum sealed marijuana. So there's that, uh, you know, it's like between him and miles bridges, right? Two guys who played for the Hornets were both ready to kind of cash in, get a payday. This is a guy who's like a two time six man of the year. Miles bridges mm-hmm. was getting ready to sign a huge contract. Miles bridges goes and starts beating the shit out of everyone in his family. And Trez gets, uh, pulled over with a bunch of weed. It's like really bad luck for both of them. Uh, one made their one, one truly made his own luck and, and should deal with those consequences. The other one, it's like, dude, it's weed. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not the judge, jury, or executioner, but like, come on, man. Uh, so are, are you shocked that I would bring up Montrez Harrell in this conversation? No, not at all. I think a lot of these names that we're going to go over, uh, especially him, these are ones that we wanted before, but now it's just like they're fillers, right? They're coming in and they're filling with energy. And that's what he, that's what he has, dude. And the whole bag, yeah, who cares? Marijuana. Like, I, really? Just leave him alone. Cops. Like, <laughs> know, why do they right? fucking care? Dude, they, he's driving his own car. He's not doing anything wrong. Maybe I didn't look into the story, but yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I don't care. Why. <laughs> but, but, but imagine Montrez Harrell and Josh and Kogi coming off the bench. Like you want to talk about two yes. high energy guys who bring yeah. intensity from a defensive standpoint. Like yeah. that would be amazing. That's something we, we didn't really have last year. You know, we didn't, you missed that in Javon Carter and, and Javon Carter didn't have a huge impact on this team two years ago, but when he came in, you felt a, a shift in defensive intensity. Oh yeah, for sure. And you did not feel that this past year. Uh, JaVale McGee brought some defense, but it was more of like goofy defense, right? Like he's just like, oh, JaVale McGee was awesome, but he also got to the point where I feel like he did too much. He looked so tired. I kind of felt bad for him on the court. Montrez held You won't get there, right? He's like, He's energi- energizer bunny out there. He seriously does not lose any energy, but he is a backup role guy, mm-hmm. which is perfect because if he comes in and brings that energy, like you said, we haven't had that in a while. We've kind of just had like the stand-up dudes, you know, standing out on the three-point line. Yes. Cam, our, uh, Cameron Johnson's just like, you know. Tory Craig. Tory, yeah, Tory Craig. It's just these aren't really physical guys, and that's one thing that the Suns really weren't last year is physical, right? I mean, Aiden's mm-hmm. our center. Uh it's just you have Devin Booker, who is a slasher, but they're not physical. They're not drawing contact. So I feel like we need that contact. And he would definitely bring that. And I've always loved the dude. It's not like I want to go out and spend a lot of money on him, right? Like before, when I wanted to offer him like 15 to 16 mil a year yes. or something like that, which is nuts. This is a guy that's not going to be making that much. And plus, he can bring that energy that the Suns desperately need next year. Because next year is going to be a lot. I mean, well, of course, KD's not coming that we're, we're talking about right now, but there's always going to be that target on the sun's back now because of how much shit we talked last year. And we mm-hmm. ended up losing in game seven. Now we have to have the extra fight in us. And he brings that for sure. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we are a team that other teams will get up for, and we will be a measuring stick. Uh, and I agree with you, you know, f- physicality, uh, Montrez Harrell's a, his high motor guy. He's everything. Hassan Whiteside isn't. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we can get him on the drug dealer discount right now. You know, he's, he's not getting a lot of offers at, uh, from everybody everywhere. So bring him in for a year. Give him a $1.75 million contract if that's how contracts work and you can do that. You It's, you know, 5.7 to the cap and, you know, call it a day. Use it. I think it, uh, so he was, he was the first guy I brought up. And then obviously a lot of people, as you mentioned, are talking about the backup point guard position. And Cameron Payne, as much as we want him to be it, really came back down to earth last season. Uh, the energy, the effectiveness – uh, it, it wasn't there last year. And we, I think, were very surprised how effective he was in his first you know, season and a half with the Phoenix Suns because of the, di- the level of difficulty of his shots. We would, in our post-game podcast, be amazed by, like, wow, it's almost like Leandro Barbosa, like the angles that he's taking. And it's mm-hmm. like, it, it seems like there's no way it's going to go in. 
and then it goes in. And like last season, they stopped going in, and then he started forcing it too much, and there was no consistency to his game. So although he's currently listed as the backup point guard, uh, and they're paying him a pretty penny to do so, I still think there's an area of opportunity relative to the backup point guard position. So, you know, I mentioned in my go get him category, Montrezl Harrell, power forward. The other guy I could see them going for, uh, and this is not a great locker room guy in theory, but that's Dennis Schroeder. You know, Dennis Schroeder is the guy who just uh, a season ago took a chance on himself. Right. And he was reportedly offered a four year, $84 million contract extension with the Los Angeles Lakers. He turned it down. He uh, he opted to bet on himself and get a larger contract elsewhere. That never came. So he signed with the Boston Celtics for one year and $5.9 million. Uh, and after 49 games in Boston, the team was uh, 31 and 25 with him on uh, as a member of the team. And they traded him. They went 16 to 6 to finish the season. They ended up in the NBA Finals. He ended up in Houston uh, playing, you know, just for a team that played absolutely no defense. And now he's a free agent and, you know, he's 29 years old, nine years of NBA experience. And you got to remember his best, uh, his best season was the season he spent with Chris Paul coming off the bench with Chris Paul. So I think that if in true the rock fashion, he knew his role knew his role jabroni <laughs> and, uh, and fell into that role as a backup point guard or, or start off the season as the backup to the backup and then, create a competition with Cameron Payne and maybe push Cameron Payne because Cameron Payne wasn't being pushed by Alfred Payton last year, right? Nobody, Alfred Payton ain't pushing anybody. So there was no competition. So you weren't necessarily getting the best version of Cameron Payne because he didn't have to fight for it anymore. He got his paycheck. Well, you bring in somebody like Dennis Schroeder, somebody who can distribute, somebody who can play defense, uh, somebody who knows how to play the NBA game. I think that'd be a great addition for the Phoenix Suns. It would. Um, the one thing you did bring up earlier was the locker room thing. So I don't know if he fits the kind of Monty James Jones kind of mm-hmm. guy, but also Monty James Jones, they do reach out to players, have them come in like a Cameron Payne who wasn't doing very well. Right. I mean, Shorter's doing well, but obviously him betting on himself, not getting the contract that he really wanted to get. Maybe they can turn stuff around for him, like help him in a way like, Hey, this is the thing that people are seeing. This is what you need to change. And here's 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 the path to win here in Phoenix and then get that contract. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. they can do that. That would be a great story, of course. And it would be someone to push Cameron Payne. But the thing is, Cameron Payne, too, I don't think he needs someone to push him. He's just whatever happened to him in the playoffs. Who knows? Just like the rest of the Suns team. Who knows what the fuck happened? But the, the Schroeder thing, pushing him, I guess that can be something. But. I just think that with Schroeder's game, it's it's too good almost to be a backup, right? I think he is like a starting caliber player. He can be, but there's something mentally there. There's something that he just mm-hmm. lacks. He lacks, not, not everyone can be Chris Paul, but he lacks like that leadership that I think you need from a point guard. So maybe if he did come in here, he can learn some things and then get that contract going into next year. And that would be a great story because... Monty and James Jones have done this before. They've done this with all these players. That's why it's like a kind of like a risk taking taking this guy in because you might not get the guy you want, but he can turn into something very, very special, especially in playoff time, and especially in a time where you want to give CP3 as, as many minutes as he can on the bench for good rest and some good minutes out of him to make sure the lead is staying safe and also just you know, hanging in there with other teams. But that's the beauty of the situation right now is we, we're talking about the 15th guy on the roster, right? So mm-hmm. it's very low risk, high reward. And I feel like Dennis Schroeder could truly be a low risk, high reward kind of player. 
because he, like you said, like he could be a starting caliber player in the NBA. There's obviously something going on. There's a reason he's still a free agent, right? Because if he was a starting caliber point guard in the NBA, he'd already been been done signed up by now, but he hasn't been. So there's, there's other factors that we, that are not available to us at this time that are avoiding or negating his ability to be even signed by a team. But this is a great situation for him. It's a great incubator. As you mentioned, the Phoenix Suns organization is a great incubator. And knowing that he's played well with Chris Paul, he responds well to Chris Paul and he has respect for Chris Paul and has been productive in playing with Chris Paul. That is something that James Jones, the Phoenix Suns need to take in consideration. Now, that being said, Chris Call could be like, yo, fuck that guy. And that's why he had, they haven't signed him yet. Right. You know, or they're just sitting there just waiting to see how, again, we're being held hostage on the whole KD thing. So they're not necessarily making any moves until they know exactly what their roster is going to look like. But as we get closer and closer to the season, you have to make those decisions. I think Dennis Schroeder, if if I got news, and, and this is this might sound weird, if I got news that Dennis Schroeder was a member of the Phoenix Suns, I would be almost as happy as I would if Kevin Durant came. And I know it's a weird statement to make, but again, I've made the statement before, like as much as I love Kevin Durant, and I would love to see Kevin Durant on the, as a member of the Phoenix Suns, I think the Suns would have to give up so much that it would decimate this team and we, uh, although we'd have this great Hall of Fame player on our team, I don't think it would equate to winning. I think it would shatter our depth. It would shatter our consistency. And it would, and, and again, you know, I'm, I've been proven wrong on this before because I kind of said the same thing about Chris Paul, that the Phoenix Suns were heading were head in an upward trajectory. And I didn't think that Chris Paul necessarily was going to be the <laughs> You might have been right that. there too. Well, so, we ended up in the NBA we, Finals the next season. So that's I mean, true, like, but I, we didn't win know, anything yet. So it, <laughs> true, true. But I thought like Ricky, I was like, Ricky, you know, so I don't mm-hmm. know. So, hearing that you bring in somebody like Trez or somebody like uh, uh, Dennis Schroeder, that's why I put them in like the go get them category. Cause those are two guys. I'm like, Oh shit. Yeah. Those are perfect okay. guys to add to this team. Uh, the yeah. other guy I added in that category was Ish Wainwright, Just because like, if, if we're going to fill it with anybody, Ish Wainwright is a guy who I would like to see back on this team. Yeah. And I need to actually, um, I need to cut that into a short this week of you saying I'd be just as happy <laughs> getting Dennis Schroeder. Do we it. get a lot. We get a lot of, a lot of watches from that dude. Um, and no, I'll, honestly, get, I'll get, I'll get ratioed and destroyed up. on Twitter, man. That's like the theme of this summer for me. It's <laughs> we're like, not anytime giving I say every, anything, everybody's yeah. just like, you're a fucking idiot. Like I just, hey, as long as it gives us subscribers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but we're not giving up anything for Katie. So I think when it happens, I'm not worried about, I think we're going to keep everybody we love here. So, all right, we'll see. We'll nah, see. It's just it's gonna happen, man. All right, you you keep the faith there, brother. You keep can the you faith tell? There. Can you tell that half my mustache is shaved? Because like, it, <laughs> my thing, I I was I was shaving before, and yeah. my thing died. It died like oh, right no. when I got to the other half. So it's not the lighting. It's just like this is a little bit shaved, and then. Anyways, I keep it. Well, like when you work at home now, like you do, it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> this is it doesn't. Thing. It doesn't. But then tomorrow, like, hey, can you actually share your screen tomorrow? Or else can you present yourself? Like, oh, and you're maybe. like, no, I no. didn't charge it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, it's just uh, when <laughs> when you work from home, there's one thing that you need to know. And it's that. it doesn't matter. <laughs> so what you uh, look like yeah <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter what you look like uh the, the next tier i have is the i wouldn't mind tier and these are certain players who i think could fit in phoenix depending on their skill set and what they could bring to the bench you know again we're not looking for expected all-stars and free agency we're just looking for guys who can fill in should injury strike and here's a couple of players that i wouldn't mind seeing as a member of the phoenix suns and as i was looking through the list of free agents one was Fuck you, Compazzo. He annoys you. He annoys me. And you know what? 
he could annoy the opposition for both of us. And I think we'd enjoy the heck out of it. So free agent played a couple seasons in Denver. He's now currently a free agent. You know, he's only 5'10", but he's got the heart of a lion. And we experienced that when we swept his ass in the playoffs a couple years ago. Uh, but you look at his, his experience, you know, he's a two-time EuroLeague champion. He's a, he's a three-time Spanish League champion. He's a four-time Argentine League champion. So he has a championship pedigree. He's somebody who, again, in the, in the spot of Aaron Holiday, you bring in Facu Campazzo. Thoughts? Yeah, I like it. Um, I don't think we have the annoyance like a Campazzo on our team. I think when we did the um, subreddit stakeout, we did find out, of course, everyone hates Jay, Jay Crowder. Everyone hates Devin Booker. But we don't have like the annoying guy, a guy that actually gets under your skin to where as soon as he steps on the court, it's like, God, this guy fucking sucks, right? Maybe Jay Crowder is that way. Yeah, Jay Crowder's like, they had like fuck Jay Crowder shirts last year. They did, yeah, I know. But I mean, I feel like defensively though, he he's okay, but I feel like he was never pesky until maybe after the, the play was dead, right? He wasn't annoying to watch to where this guy can get into the nooks and crannies in your belly and just really make you <laughs> upset, right? He can just upset you as a player and as a fan. So it'd be different to have a guy like that on our team I don't feel like we've ever had like that guy in a while. I don't remember like the last guy that's like him that was just an annoyance, like just pesky annoyance. Because Jay Crowder, he's he's annoying, he's hated, but not in the same way I feel like Composo would be. Yeah, the opposition would absolutely hate him. I mean, that's for sure because we hated mm-hmm. him. So no, I I agree with you there, and that's why I put him on the list. Uh, the other guy of the I wouldn't mind tier uh, was Carmelo Anthony. You know, I, again, I think that he would fulfill a role. Uh, he, he, the old guy can still score. So I know he's going to be 38, uh, but yeah. if the contract is, is right, why not? So I think, uh, I think we already talked about Melo. Anything else you want to add on Carmelo Anthony? No, I mean, it'd be cool. Yeah. It'd be, it'd, it'd be good. interesting. It'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. And I really, I really like what, uh, who wrote that William Ye says in the chat, because death doesn't win championships. Superstars do, man, you're right. <laughs> You need that. You know what? I'm retracting um, my previous statement. I want KD. Yeah, I know. And that's why Draymond, remember Draymond just released that, um, the quote, I think it was a couple weeks ago when he said that when they lost to LeBron in game seven, like he was the next hour, he was in his car trying to get a hold of KD because he, he they he needed that one guy that can mm-hmm. handle the ball, get his own shot. Cause Steph was not that guy yet. So that's exactly what the Suns. Need. I think they have Booker, but Booker always is just, He's limited in a way where he gets hurt, right? If he gets hurt with his hamstrings, he gets he's so limited. And I know KD has his health issues, but he's just he's just so dominant where the ball's in his hand, like you're shitting yourself on the other side. Like the Suns will win those close games with KD on our team for sure. Well, we have like the perfect amount of like we have all the tools that you need to be successful, right? Like you have a a a, a great center who um is has defensive versatility and he can score and probably needs to be involved more in the offense. You have a defensive stalwart in Mikael Bridges. You have a hall of fame point guard and what makes the sun so effective and, and what made them so deadly in the regular season last year is you didn't know how they were going to attack you because they had two amazing guards, but you don't have that. Like you said, that other guy who's like from a scoring standpoint, like Chris Paul could be that guy. And he was that guy a lot of times in the last five minutes of games, mm-hmm. but if you have him just become a pure distributor and you have like a KD and a Dev Booker, like Jesus, like how do you beat that? You can't beat that in the last five. No, games. you don't. You'd be the, they'd be a hated team right away. Cause in, I don't think anybody could say, Hey, they're cheating their way to a championship at all. It's just like, no, we, it's we've like, gone through the necessary steps. We've gone through the pain. We, we have, we, we definitely have, man. So I'm excited for KD. Is this what the pod's about? Kevin no, uh, <laughs> um, let, let's go into my next tier. The please don't right. tier. 
these are some guys that carry recognizable names, kind of like Carmelo Anthony, but have no place on the Phoenix Suns roster. Uh, Dwight Howard. No, no, no. LaMarcus Aldridge. Don't want him anymore just because he burned me back in like 2014 or 15. Uh, Hassan Whiteside, Andre Iguodala, and your boy, Blake Griffin. Are there yeah, any of yeah. those guys you think that the Suns should You know what? After? If Blake's the 15th man, I'm I'm happy with that. I think Blake, he, I hate he his was face. pretty. I know. I know you do, but he was pretty good in that series um, for the Brooklyn Nets when they lost in round one. It was just, yeah, that was he really was pretty cool. decent. He was pretty decent. For 15th guy, I want to be bad. Yeah, no. <laughs> okay. I mean, the whole Kendall situation, man, it'll never work. No, that doesn't matter, that. dude. They all sleep with everybody. Like, they're all with everybody, in and out of everybody. So it doesn't matter. In and out, it of doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, and then the last group of players, the no fucking way players: Alfred Payton, Greg Monroe, Markeith Morris, Josh Jackson, or or Eric Bledsoe. We've already seen these people in God. purple and orange. No need to see them again, right? Yes, I agree 100% with you on that one. Okay, so fair, so fair enough. Okay, so there you go. Some free agent targets who are who are still out there. They're still out there and whatever. Still out there. <laughs> All right, Suns news. Let's see what's going on. Uh, Matthew, you had something on Cameron Johnson, I believe. Yeah, so I guess Cameron Johnson is doing like a three-on-three tournament, um, um, some kind of charity that's going on. I didn't even know about it till today, but he was talking about, um, you know, he knows he hears the rumors about the trades and that might happen with KD. He knows it's part of the business and he loves it here. And, you know, I just all these players do right. All the players know what's going on. And I love how open he is and just telling us like, yeah, I know, I know what's going on. And if it happens, it happens. I love being here, but it's part of the business. You don't hear that a lot, right? Especially from younger players, even though he's 26, you don't hear it a whole lot from NBA players where they do accept the fact it's a business before they might get traded. They love the fact that they're playing in the NBA. That's, that's the way Cameron Johnson seems like he's handling it, which is good. So I just, Thoughts on that though? Like, I just, I, I think that a lot of the times when we talk about trades and stuff, especially me, I kind of feel bad because I love a player, but to know that Cameron Johnson is like okay if he's traded, but he still loves it, it's just a different kind of feeling I feel like from him. Well, I think, I mean, you have to equate it like this like, if, if you're making a certain amount of money and then they go, okay, listen, uh, Matthew, I need you to do that same job, but you're going to go do it in uh, Oklahoma City. Hmm. You'd be like, okay. I mean, that sucks. Like, I'd like to stay here at home. I love it here. I've got friends yeah. here. I've got family here. But you know what? Like, you know, if this is what I got to do to be successful in my career, this is what I'm going to do. And that's kind of that's part of playing in the NBA. And you know, again, I think the, the comments that Cameron Johnson made just just continue to show how polished players are now in this modern NBA. You know, whereas 20 years ago there'd be an emotional. Ba- I mean, look at Demarcus Cousins even 10 years ago. You know, this guy was just. Uh, a firecracker and I know I'm probably using the wrong example because he was so on the extreme side of it all but it, it was less about the business and more about the personal player and the, and their feelings and they allow him to get hurt and you know when you play for a team like the Phoenix Suns and you've and you've defied a lot of the initial national pundits thoughts on your draft status and you got Kobe White going like wow I mean wow and then like Cameron Johnson's way better than him you know it's just I think you're happy just to kind of continue to prove the haters wrong. And if you got to go do it somewhere else, he knows that if he goes anywhere else, his role will be expanded and he'll have even mm-hmm. more opportunity to play and, and get a bigger bag. So, you know, again, I just, the level of maturity from this team 
and from the players on this team continues to be another thing that you know displays the culture and and showcases that general managers like James Jones have had the proper communication with their players, right? Like Eric Bledsoe yeah. would have been would have been saying something like that because Ryan McDonough wasn't talking to him about that kind of stuff. It was more like backdoor, like, hey man, I think we should trade Eric Bledsoe. And then he hears about it and then he's like, I don't want to be here. He's just full James of shit. Jones yeah. is probably completely upfront with these guys. But like, mm-hmm. hey man, like I love you. I want you to be a part of this team. But if we have a chance to get Kevin Durant, like, come on, dude, it's Kevin Durant. You know? Yeah, exactly. And he's the only guy that can really ever handle, I feel like, a situation like a DA where he's a number one pick and you never paid him until the yeah. last second, you know? Yeah. The way to handle that and keep your franchise intact and still looking for a championship next year. So he must be up front. Like, he's, he's a, he was a player, right? So he he understands. He's not a bullshitter like McDonough probably was. Yes. He's like, no, you're all good, man. We're going to get people here. We're going to do this, this, and that. And then just trade him. We hated Bledsoe, but you never know what this guy went through with the Suns, right? You can't really hate anybody now. Maybe the Morris twins still. Yeah. But other than that, <laughs> other than that, maybe everybody else just give them a break. Yeah, I agree. What about 2K? So 2K, you going to buy it with him on the cover? Mr. Uh, Big Dick Book himself? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to, but the challenge is like, I don't play video games anymore, man. You're, yeah, me neither. That you sucks, know? doesn't it? Well, I think what happened essentially was, you know, during the pandemic, obviously, furloughed from work i played a ton of video games but that's also when you and i really started grinding at this podcast you know at that point we had already been grinding we got picked up by bright side of the sun at that point and we really started dedicating all of our extra time to this pod and just making sure we're putting out quality content for our jamsters Mm -hmm. and kind of ever since that point like rather than coming home and like playing a video game i'll come home and i'll write an article for bright side or i'll we'll do a podcast or we'll have a post game podcast so it's like I just don't play video games as much as I did anymore, which no. is like none. I would love to, but like I have a PS4. I don't even have a PS5. And you got to buy neither. it with a PS5. And there's a know? big lawsuit now with that with that um, PS5. They just, a lot of uh, issues really? with it. Yeah, they didn't put it together the right way. Oh, I guess they're fuckers. explaining it. So, Should have went yeah. Xbox. Yeah, it's, it's strange because uh, I just... I want to play, but then every time I think about doing something, you're right. It's like, I want to just do something for the pod when I have the energy, right? When you just want to sit down and like maybe do something fun. It's like, no, I kind of want to, you know, do something for the pod. Or like you said, you write your articles. So it's like, we're grownups now, I guess. Is, is that yeah, what that's we're what, saying? <laughs> Mike Adamo in the chat, he's like, you guys are adults now. Yeah, I guess that's I wish, what that is. But I still believe in adults playing video games. I just, I do too. I don't know. There's something about I it where I just it don't care anymore. I hate, I never thought I would get to this point. I yeah, hate it. I just, it's it's pointless. Whereas this is productive and I enjoy mm-hmm. doing this. I get, I get more joy out of doing this. I mean like, man, I simmed like three years ahead and guess who I got with the number one overall pick, you know, like, yeah, I well, yeah. to get KD on my team. The worst you brought up Sim, you said Sim, uh, the Sims, I used to play the Sims and I used to have a great life on the Sims where I would like write books, sell a lot of books and like, you know, get a well-paying job, marry <laughs> someone life. beautiful. And I'm like, wait, hold on. Why don't I just do that in real in life? real life? Like, why can't I just do that? That was depressing wake up call. So that was about um, a month ago. I stopped playing that. So <laughs> uh, you've grown up. You grow up so fast, so fast. So, well, anyways, uh, last thing I want to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast is the Arizona sports Mount Rushmore. So just an interesting conversation. I'd be interested to get your thoughts on this as well as uh, the Jamsters' thoughts on this. Uh, I was having a conversation with my friends the other day, and he was texting me. He's like, well, you know, the Arizona sports Mount Rushmore, and there's four faces on every on the Mount Rushmore, right? And everybody kind of puts together this kind of understanding of who the greatest or whatever their criteria is. 
But for Arizona sports, he was asking from the Phoenix Suns, who would the represent representative be? He's like, it's, you know, Larry Fitzgerald's got to be there. Diana Taurasi's got to be there. You know, Randy Johnson most likely is the representative for the Diamondbacks. Who is it for the Suns? And, you know, for me, I, you know, my instant thought is Barkley. And then he's like, well, but Steve Nash, you know, like Steve Nash, more well-rounded player, won two MVPs, you know, why not him? And then and he said, you know, he, he saw this, and this all stemmed from like a, a Suns Facebook uh, discussion thread. So, you, you know, that can get really dumb really quick. And some people were saying, hey, you know, it's got to be Pat Tillman. And, you know, my buddy was like, well, Pat Tillman, as great as he was, like he had kind of an average, if not below average career with the Arizona Cardinals before he left and died for his country. So I guess the first question, Matthew, is what criteria should we should we go by as we utilize this thought process of the Arizona sports Mount Rushmore? And then we can make a decision on who uh, who it should be. And sorry, Fabio, it's definitely not Abdel Nader. He says Abdel Nader, obviously. <laughs> yeah, so. this isn't Monty's uh, Mount Rushmore. Exactly, right? Monty's Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Elia Kobo, Abdel Nader. <laughs> um, you know, I think it's um, it's the player that did the most for the franchise, right? Long term. Um, but is it for the franchise or for the state of Arizona? Like that's the other. I mean, question. when you're when you're doing it for the franchise, it helps. I it goes hand in hand, right? I think mm -hmm. you're helping this team, and it helps Phoenix. I mean, Phoenix grows. I mean, the games sell out. The atmosphere is way better. You're talking to people next to you about the Suns. People are wearing Sun stuff. You know, what I mean, it seems like a happier time in the Valley. Um, so I would say, just you know, if they're helping the franchise out long term and how long they can do it for, right? I mean. I would I would say I mean if I'll just get my guy out there Booker I think I would just put him in there right now for what he's done to this franchise I know Nash what he did and Barkley but this you know Booker's gonna be son for forever so I'm just gonna say it's gonna be Booker I knew you'd go Booker it's like so easy <laughs> it's like bump set spike yeah like, I mean Booker and Katie's coming here on Tuesday it's insane like you know I mean he brought everyone here to play he he got this franchise turnaround. He got the coaches. I mean, Monty came in here, but you know, Monty want to be here because of book. Chris Paul want to be here because of book. Jay did, you know, I just, maybe we can put James Jones on there. Who knows? But I'm just going to say it's going to be book because he stayed here and he made sure that we get the pieces around him to make, to help them win for a long term too. It's not over. And, and I agree with you that Booker will be the one, mm -hmm. but he's not yet. In my opinion, he's just not there yet because when you have Barkley who won an MVP and Nash, who won two MVPs, you know, and yeah. their impact individually on the Valley as well, you know, because the Barkley argument to me is that changed this franchise, the trajectory of this franchise forever. They were a team that was always kind of, you know, they, they were good. They have Tom Chambers and Dan Marley and Kevin Johnson, and they were competitive and they were winning 50 plus games, but they didn't have that signature guy who, you know, if you're showing the NBA on NBC highlights that, you know, dun, 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 they're showing like, it's like Jordan and, you know, it's like, and, you know, they, they weren't showing like Tom Chambers making a layup, you know, but when Barkley came to this town, the city of Phoenix was ripe for expansion. It happened right when they changed the arena, right when they changed the jerseys, everything. It was like this perfect pop culture almost moment in the early 90s that changed the face of this franchise. So now, granted, he was only here for four years. So it's like, it's really hard to say he is on that Mount Rushmore because you have to take into some different, uh, you know, like low sun says, he goes longevity and career in AZ. He won an MVP here and he, but he was only here for four years. Whereas Steve Nash, he won two MVPs. He played, I think 10 seasons with the Phoenix suns and he helped revitalize and introduce an entire new, uh, fan base to this, 
to this franchise and uh, assisted in changing the way that the NBA was ultimately played forever. The fast place, frenetic Phoenix suns, you know, seven seconds or less. Uh, so, I mean, I can see arguments for both and agree. Again, I agree. I, Booker has already been to more finals than Nash ever has been. And he's already, I mean, he's done everything the right way. Uh, he is our favorite son. He is the chosen son. And in, at the end of the day, he will be the one, but I just, I don't think that he's there yet. I just think that mm-hmm. like we, we have to have the ability to step away from his career a couple years and then compare it against the contributions of Nash and Barkley before we go, okay, boom, it's Devin Booker. And I might be wrong, but again, that's just my thoughts and, and point of view on this, uh, this exercise. Yeah. So, I mean, if they gets a championship next year in the next three years, then he will be the guy. That's what you're saying. Yes. Though. As long as he gets, yeah, it makes sense. I just, it's different because I feel like Barkley came here. He tried his best. Right. But mm-hmm. I think the mindset of Booker too, you know, he just has it. I mean, everyone that meets him knows that he has it. He needs to have it. I just think to get to the level that he wants to be at in the NBA, he's getting there. I mean, finishing fifth and MVP. Now when we talk about MVP, it's like, does it, does it matter? You know what I mean? Like if you were to win MVP and then we still lost in game seven, none of it fucking matters. Right. So I just, I don't know. I got to, it doesn't matter. I tried to cover you up as much as I could. (laughs) I was trying to hit the mute button and it was like going back and forth. Well, fair enough. You know, and again, it's a conversation that I think is, is it's an interesting one Uh, because again, it's, it's, it all comes down to what your definition of the Mount Rushmore qualifications are. I think Larry's easily on it because not only longevity long, not only he was been a part of some of the greatest moments in the history of the franchise, uh, but who he is and what he's met to Arizona. He spent his entire career here. Obviously, Tarasi's on it because she's just straight up the goat. She's the best that's ever done it in the WNBA. Uh, and Randy Johnson. So, I mean, he won four consecutive Cy Youngs. The guy was a beast and he won a championship with the with the uh, Arizona Dimebacks. And he pitched in four games in that World Series and they won all four of those games. So, uh, again, the Phoenix Suns one is a little bit. There's more of a debate, in I feel, on the Phoenix Suns side than any other uh of the sports because of you know the the lack of success of the franchise the success of the franchise but lack of you know finishing it off so yeah it sucks because a lot of us always talk about like uh, nathaniel darius says al mccoy easily which is always like the first the the first response from anybody it's always al mccoy it's It's like always it's cool but it's like damn could we just have that player and it has to be booker because of that reason because he's well and again like the phoenix son if you are from you know like Scott's Bluff, Nebraska, and somebody goes, all right, here's the Mount Rushmore of the of Arizona. Larry Fitzgerald, Diana Taurasi, Randy Johnson, mm-hmm. Al McCoy. You'd go, who the fuck is Al McCoy? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> so, you I mean, no like, he is, he is valuable to us and a national treasure to us, but, like, no one in Scott's Bluff, Nebraska knows who he is. Uh, Matthew, before we get out of here, watching anything new? Yeah, actually, I am rewatching Breaking Bad because I am Ooh, almost good so you. better. Better Call Saul is almost over. Uh, I think episode four comes out this week, so I'm just watching Breaking Bad, and I forget how fucking good it is. You it's know, I, I said Better show. Call Saul is better, but now I'm just like, dude, I don't know because Breaking Bad. It's I'm on the second season, and I'm way into it, and I just forget how it's. The characters themselves, they do get annoying at times, but other than that, it's a perfect 10. Everything's great about Breaking Bad except the fly episode. It's a dumb yep, episode. Well, at least like you know now, just kind of fast just, forward just, it. Yeah, just skip that one. Yep, um, so yep. I, f- I found myself watching something today that I think that you would absolutely love. Have you heard of ESPN's uh, docuseries they're doing right now called The Captain? 
Yeah, yeah. I was actually gonna wait till it's all done and watch it. Oh man, it's good. Is and it I good? Is it I don't good? even like okay. Derek or the Yankees. It's not it's ESPN good. Plus though, right? It's on ESPN Plus, but it's they're showing it on okay. ESPN as well. Like on Thursday, okay. they're releasing episodes five and six. But you know, I was watching it today, and I went through episodes one through four. They're each an hour long, and it just reminded me of when I really loved baseball. You know that time frame. Like I hated the Yankee regime in the late '90s, but I loved baseball. And then it goes into 2001 when the Diamondbacks defeated them, and you know the 2002 team and the three and four, like 2003 and four with the whole Yankees. You know, 2003, it's Aaron fucking Boone hitting the home run, and then 2004, yeah. where you know the, the greatest comeback of all time. It's like, God, baseball used to be so much fun. Did I grow up and stop playing video games and stop giving a shit about baseball? Is like that the sign of being a grow up? Because that's grown no, up. No, because. You're supposed to carry the the baseball tradition until your late 90s. That's when you're then yeah, maybe it ain't you're dead. when you're dead, then you can obviously stop liking it. But you know what? It's probably just an off year for you with baseball. I think it'll come back around. It's, it's been an off couple years for me. I just I don't know. <laughs> but watching the Derek Jeter uh, documentary, The Captain on ESPN was really entertaining. I was just, and I found myself watching baseball tonight for the first time. I think all season. <laughs> just, it's like the the Giants and the Cubs, and I was like watching. I'm like baseball, hmm. huh? It's so relaxing, isn't it? Like it. Oh, I fell asleep coming, like three times. Yeah, coming off of like a season in the NBA where I mean the playoffs were just a shit show. Like it was so stressful. You sit down and watch baseball. Like, oh, I kind of miss this. This is nice. And I need to enjoy it because once the playoffs come around, like I will definitely be engaged in the playoffs. I always am, and that's just stressful baseball. Yankees will that's... fucking lose like always. <laughs> I can already. It's the same trend every year. I can already All see. Rise. It Here come the Red Sox. Uh, the right yeah. time, like always. Yeah. Now, always, always. Well. Again, thank you for, for joining me, Matthew. And thank you, Jamsters, for joining us live here on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. And if you're watching this later or listening to this later, we thank you as well. Uh, we'll be back live again next Sunday, 8 p.m., as we discuss other goings-ons with the Phoenix Suns. Of course, unless they trade for KD between now and then, then we will go live wherever we are, however we are, whenever we are. Uh, but until then, please subscribe, rate, and review. Hit that thumbs up button if you're here on YouTube. If you're on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars. Leave us a review. We'll read it right here on the pod. If you're on Spotify, click five stars as well. Until next week, everyone, have a fantastic evening, and uh, we'll see you in a week. Yeah, continue to vote, too. Bracket is 64, and go home and love your family. Love your family, please.